Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to yet another episode of Lip Service. I'm excited today for our guest today, Mr. Gavin Rosdale from Bush. Welcome him back a second time. Truth is, we're good friends. I consider him one of my rock and roll brothers. Excited to have him back on the show today. We're going to go through all things The Kingdom, his new album, what he's doing this time in quarantine. He just did a live stream for about 120,000 people. How he's doing, what he's doing, how he's holding up. Excited to have him back. The first time around was great. I'm excited for the second time. We're actually going to record this live, and it's going to be out there via IG. So we're going to go Instagram live at the same time as we do this podcast. I've never actually done that before. So I'm excited to see how that turns out in case uh, we do more of these in the future. We did some live performances not that long ago with people like Skylar Gray, The Naked and The Famous. So we're going to try some new things these days and see how you guys all like it. I hope you're doing okay. It's the summertime. I hope you're staying safe, not gathering without masks I got all my stuff near me here, my hand sanitizer, my meeting with Gavin, my mask, and everything. And uh, looking forward to seeing my friend, my rock and roll brother, Gavin Rosdale from Bush, coming up in just a moment. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more, more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. All right. How's everyone doing? This is the first time we've actually ever done simultaneously. Gavin, how are you, my brother? I got, I got water for the Zoom and I got coffee for Instagram Live. By the way, I got hand sanitizer. But we got a... <laughs> so, are you sure there's hand sanitizer? I think it is. And I got to protect myself from myself. So, you know, it's important to have... Got to protect the left kind of and the things. right. Yeah. But like so on here, so like on this performance, well, the only problem is, is that if anyone's watching just on Instagram, they can't hear me or they can. No, they can hear can you, you. Can you hear me out there? Just tell can me. Can you guys can all hear me? each other? I think so, right? Can everybody hear each other? Wave if you can hear Love us. Audio. I think so. Maybe I might marry you. It says echoing, but uh, you know, that might be the best. Oh, I can hear you slightly over here. So let me just turn okay. that right down. Boom. Couple technical snafus because we've never gone live before. We're going to talk all things the kingdom. Super excited to have my brother Gavin Rasta here today. Maybe he'll pull out an acoustic guitar. We'll have a hook from Undone or something from the new record. You never know. Anything can happen when we go Instagram Live. <laughs> How are you doing in all this, my brother? I'm doing great. I'm awesome. really, really good. Uh, I, uh, yeah, feel, feel good. Um, it's summertime and I'm enjoying myself and, uh, and uh, I'm just happy to um, be healthy and, and uh, in a good space. Like yesterday was a drag for me. I can't tell you why, but it was a drag. And it's such a good lesson in like, just life just fucking gets you some days, no matter where you're, you're doing. Like, yesterday was an annoying day, something annoying in my life. And uh, I kept on looking around me and saying, just, it doesn't matter. That person's an idiot. But for some reason, it was just, it was just stressing me. And today I felt good, woke up and I felt like a way different person. Well, this whole thing puts a lot of things into perspective, right? I mean, how has COVID been for you? Actually, somebody asked me, has it been like a space for growth for you during all this time? Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because obviously it's, it's horrible the way people have suffered and, the, and the, the jobs and the economy and people's health and lives. So there's that side of it. And then when you take the kind of selfish perspective of like your own life and what are you doing with this time how are you reconnecting with people around you? You know, those kind of things have a positive twist to it. So it's, it's weird. I mean, I'm looking forward to going back. Like, I've never had the summer off. This is the first summer I've not I've done anything. Since You're always on the road in the summer, right? Yeah, most of the time. I mean, there's been times that I haven't been, but there's always been some stuff in the summer, but like literally nothing. Um, it's funny because we always threaten to actually make plans, but now... I guess we're virtually making plans, which is like the new way that things are done. So here's my apartment. Uh, you can actually see where I live. So this is like having a dinner party, but without having a dinner party. Um, are you scared like me, Gab? Are you, when you go out in public, I know you're a big mask wearer, as, as am I. And do you not like to go to the store? Do you freak out like me if people walk past? It's the Jew masks? in me. It's the Jew in me. It's right, my Jewish blood. It's just like, listen, it's going to take care of business. You know, like you can't take care of business if you're not uh, safe. So I just always wear my mask. Um, I had my first moment the other day in Sun Life Organics where some dude, I was with my kids, and some dude was like lining up and he had the mask down below his face to his nose, it's leaving his chin nose strap, exposed, right? right? And, um, and I had to say, I'm so sorry, can you just like back up? Like he was like, like old days, you know, like on the subway or something in New, New York. And it was just, I was, didn't want to get aggressive, but I was like, uh, I'm so sorry because can you like just back up here? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's it's funny because when I get in my elevator now and uh, people are not wearing masks, I just get out and they're probably like, why is he getting out? But I'm like, it clearly says that don't get in the elevator if you're not wearing a mask. And I live in an apartment building, so people- 
then you're stuck in the corner. Uh, what floor are you? Not I'm on the 14th floor, so I'm constantly oh, getting. I'm on the 14th floor, so I'm oh, constantly geez. getting in and out of the elevator. On the way down to the first floor, I probably get in three or four times. And I, I can't make it down without a bunch of people getting in without masks. And I'm like, it's not that difficult to do that. But uh, anyway, during all this time, I mean, what have you been doing? I know you've been spending a bit of time in nature, I guess, right? You've been playing tennis at all, yoga, tai chi? Well, no yoga because uh, the only yoga I've ever done is Bikram. So I don't want to be in a room with people breathing for an hour and a half at 105 degrees. Right. <laughs> Well, it wasn't a great idea. Yeah, not a good idea. Uh, my body misses it. But um, um, I've just, I don't know what I've been doing. Sometimes I've been productive. Sometimes I haven't been productive. But, you know, bits of books, playing guitar a lot. Uh, I've been doing a lot of promo for uh, The Kingdom. Definitely. And there was a big question as to whether that was a good thing to bring out the record in this time. And um, my manager's like, well, what are you going to do? Keep the songs for a year? No, put the record out. So we put it out. And then it's had this really weird... Uh, synchronicity of the lyrics and the whole, uh, you know, we've had with Black Lives Matter, we got the Race Wars, Star Wars in, in the John Wick uh, song, uh, Bullet Holes. We got the isolation, Flowers of a Grave, and then um, Flowers of a Grave. And then um, now The Kingdom, which is the next, this next single. This is about this like utopia, this place where I wanted to escape the person that was bugging me yesterday. But I, I, it's hard to. <laughs> but. Um, oh. Well, on another side, I mean, you actually have the most captivating audience in the world, right? Because everyone's at home, more or less. So it's probably a good time to bring it out because people are dying for new music and they're just dying to get an escape, right? So yeah, I, we I did think... um, we did that live show. I don't know if you caught that one. We of did course. the fan tracks. It was like two hundred seventy thousand people watching. Incredible! It. Incredible! I didn't know we were that successful. We're not successful in one space like that. We're not quite <laughs> made it there. But yeah. we could combine everyone who gives a shit into one area. I got to, I got to play three nights at the Rose Bowl. Definitely. Four, uh, 70. Four <laughs> nights. When do you actually, because that, that actual performance like was incredible. I, I want to tell you, not because you're my friend, but that was the best live performance I've seen on Instagram for any concert far and beyond. So when do you think you'd actually be like comfortable performing again? Obviously with a vaccine, without a vaccine, would you do a concert that was spaced out for a hundred people, six feet apart? I mean, what, you know, in what scenario are the car concerts interesting to you? I mean, they're all stopgaps, the real thing. You know, it's like, it's like Love Doll versus, uh, you know, a living, breathing uh, partner. You know, so it's just sort of you're doing it, but it's not, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what it's going to be. I can't not tour ever again. So if it was that was the case, I would, I guess I would do it. I'd go with the flow. I mean, I, it's funny, you know, people, they ask, if you're in a band, they say, so when do you think you're going to play against? Like, like we work for the CDC or we work for <laughs> Pfizer. We've got the inroads for the vaccine. I don't know. It's a fucking mess. Well, um, what do you think about all the interesting ways that people are adapting to this concert-wise? I mean, people are doing concerts within Minecraft now. People are doing, you know, there's Microsoft. You know, I know your kids play video games, right? So do those kind of interesting concepts appeal to you at all? I mean, I, I realize there's not a lot of rock bands playing in video games at the moment, but there's right. some pretty interesting things that are going on out there now. Yeah, I think that, you know, you just got to, you, you adapt and you, you change, you know, adapt and you, that's the only way to survive. And so yeah. we'll continue to adapt. I, um, I just uh, feel like <clears throat> it's really good to um, just keep, stay connected with people. You know, I'm trying to be more, I mean, me on social media, you know, I was way more successful without social media. Social media has not been good for me personally. <laughs> I'm no Kardashian, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. It's not been, it's not been, you know, uh, a runaway success, but I have a solid 
uh, audience and good uh, good interaction. You know what I mean? So I just tr try to keep that going and stay connected with people. Um, that's what I've been trying to do. What else can you do? And we keep coming up with different ideas, different things to do to just keep it all going. You know? And the new album's fantastic. I'd love to get into it, right? It's one of my favorite records you've ever made. It's, uh, you call it Vast Like the Ocean, and it's heavy. And we spoke about the heaviness of it not so long ago. It's probably the heaviest record you've ever made. I mean, tell me about some of the inspiration. Blood River, there's so many great songs on the record. I'd, you know, I love doing everything the wrong way around. I love, like, usurping the norm and, like, you know, trailblazing and just getting it wrong. I mean, at this point in my life, uh, you know, t decades into my career, I should be turning out some kind of like mid-tempo acoustic lead drivel and like <laughs> relying on the old songs like play us a song just nothing off the new record <laughs> and uh i like having a really super vital record you know i feel that the band's really on fire everyone's playing really great uh i really am lucky i'm in a great band i gotta play hard to keep up with those dudes they're they're a powerhouse trio and um so they just, you know what I mean? We just, everybody just keeps up the ante. And so that includes my songwriting and the words that I write. And, you know, I, there's, there's always room for improvement. You know, I did, it's funny, I did an interview the other day for the, the guys um, at Sirius, the Beatles channel. Now these guys, oh, yeah. four of them, and they, their whole life is the Beatles. It's like, it doesn't matter, they broke up in like 1971 or some shit. <laughs> it's like, their whole thing is the Beatles. And what I was saying about the Beatles was that when you consider some of the best songs ever written, um, and they obviously have many of them. That gives any songwriter the uh, the fuel and the desire and the need to just keep pushing forward because no one's as good as them. No one's as good as Bowie, you know. And and uh, so those are those are my kind of benchmarks of of quality that I think about and I try and um, I can't emulate them, but I can just in my own lane in my own. Uh, for my own life, you know, write and just push myself to be as interesting as I can be. Yeah, I never realized how much you were into heavy music because you are into like Slipknot and System of a Down and stuff. I had no idea. We are good friends, but I actually didn't know that about you. So I yeah, feel like yeah. this record really taps into that. You know, it's funny. Side so of I was playing songs to my son, Kingsley, he's 14, and, and he's playing like, uh, you know, he's playing Blink and he's just Green Day. Yeah. And I'm like, this is my sugar, okay? This is Lamb of God. <laughs> And, you know, while I'm playing Sepultura, Roots, I said, this is where it began. I said, do you think it's weird that, do you think you're the only kid who's got a father who likes music heavier than the kid does? <laughs> I, I out-heavy my, my teenager. But I just love it. And when you get into that style, the singing's not my favorite. I mean, you know, it's still, you know, Damien Marley, still one of my favorite singers, you know, yeah. uh, um, Otis Redding, uh, Chino from the Deftones. I still love melody. I'm not into the, the whole, the stuff like that. But the music, the music gets me because it's so heavy. It's just sort of like techno for adults. I don't know. It's just like, it's just, it's just, you get into that zone. And when you play those songs, you play those riffs. It's real hard to listen to a, a great Slipknot track then then go listen to like, you know, something Neil uh, Young. Sorry, bit a little bit of heavy. Oh, Neil Young is amazing, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It gets you, it, you get into a zone. It's yeah. a bit like we, you know, use that analogy of the ocean, like detuning and riffs and the heavy music and the way those chords sound. It's like diving into an ocean. And sometimes with pop music can feel so with regular tunings, 
I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't have the weight that I like. I like that weight, you know? I like, I like a heavy cover when I'm sleeping, you know? I like a thick duvet. I have an open window with a thick duvet. <laughs> that sounds so great when you say it, a thick duvet, right? I don't, my accent isn't as great when I say that. Um, hey, so it's funny because the bass playing on this record too, Gav, I mean, you really can tell, I mean, the writing process with this record, does it ever start with you with a bass line? Because I know you started playing bass at like 14. And I can- Yeah, I, I mean, I do so a lot of things. On this I, record. Yeah, I, I actually often the bass will be the first thing I play to the drums. Um, and I just get it, because I can basically make, make tracks for myself. I just make tracks to inspire me. I go in with a lyric, and then I go in and I make music to inspire myself. And then my band is so good that I just, um, you know, let everybody come in and play anything. Everyone plays everything, you know. So Corey might come in and play the, uh, play the bass, you know, play some keyboards, put on some programming. He might want to play some guitar on there. You know, Chris wants to play everything. Thank God he can't sing. <laughs> else I'd be out of a job. He wants to do everything. If I leave the room, Chris has changed the baseline. You know, it's like, I got to watch that guy. I got to hold it in. I got to like, you know, I can't go to the bathroom. He's in the studio because he's changing everything. The only thing he can't do, thank God, is sing. Else, as I say, I'd be, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be doing. Well, well, let's get into the record because the record I'd is... I'd be his so guitar tech. No, I wouldn't be his guitar tech. He's too mad. <laughs> the record's incredible. I want to talk about some of the songs specifically of Blood River, one of my favorite tracks of the record. What's the story behind that, Gab? I heard, I heard a story that you told about how that song came about, but... Well, I, you know, story. when I go in the studio, I'm, I'm quite applied, you know, I'm quite professional as I'm, as I'm professional. So I don't... My, the, in, the whole... There's two things I break it into. One is um, looking for inspiration and ideas. That is writing and that's words. Now that can come anytime, that's nighttime, that's a long time, that's the middle of the night, it's early morning. I don't care what it is. It's just sort of something that happens, something I have to do. So that's one job. But when I go into the studio, I have sets of lyrics. I have like usually about five or 10 sets of lyrics. Um, and then I go in on a Monday morning, you know, sort of 12 o'clock when we start. I start, I have an engineer and let's go five days a week, you know, and, um, I can't start really, well, I, I prefer to start with a lyric. That lyric gives me the tempo, gives me the feel, gives me the idea. And then I write a drum track to just, that exemplifies that feel that I want. You know, is it a mellow track? Is it a driving track? And uh, from there, it's just really fun to pick up a bass line and, uh, and play the bass to it. Although this one has a lot of riffs, you know, so I start with a lot of riffs. So it just sort of depends. I'll take it any way I can. Um, but that's generally how it is. And then what usually happens is that everyone comes in um, individually and I just give them free reign to do anything they want in the studio. And by all means, change the chords, change the bass line, change the melodies. They, people just don't ever touch my vocals. That's the only thing that no one's ever said anything about that much. And I, I really try and do them good so that, you know, make the words good because it's not like everyone doesn't have opinions. You know what I mean? They've got opinions. Just got to keep ahead of this like a surfer. Just got to keep away, away from the edge of the wave. And, um, but I think that it's fair game. We all work together so long for everyone to just try everything. I mean, there's no idea we don't try because you can easily put it back. It's not like the old days with tape where you were screwed. And you're like, oh man, we've got to do the whole damn thing again. You know? yeah. this well, is do you like actually this. record live in the studio or is it done piece by we piece? We do combinations. We do different things, but we everyone plays... Um, it's probably individual. We haven't done the band set up for a minute, but the way it works, we're all in the studio. So if, if Nick's going to put a great drum track down, then Corey does his bass again. And Chris is like, oh, I can just do that better. 
you know, that kind of stuff. So we just keep alive and um, we keep on it. Yeah. And what about uh, your favorite track on the record? Because I know you just performed, so I, I know you guys did a bunch of the tracks from the records there. I mean, it's, it's really fun to play. Uh, Blood River is really fun to play. Uh, Bullet Holes is really just, it's just sort of like messianic, you know, it just yeah. feels crazy town and you've got that. I couldn't think of a, of the, of the word, of the way to sing the verse for so long. I, that was difficult. I was playing it and I had a recording of it and I had it at the house and I'd play it and I'd over and over. And then when I found my way into it, you know, it just was, it just was a, a, a plain sailor, but it's really fun to perform live. You know, it's really just gets people like right between the eyes, like a dartboard, like the perfect bullseye of a song, you know, it just, it just takes people out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And anyone who sings, anyone singing higher than I've ever been at a concert, it's just liberating. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's such a, such a great track. The album is so great. Um, and the, the concept for, for the kingdom, Gav, it's, it's such a great concept. Talk about, especially now being in this almost dystopian society and where we're going with all this and COVID-19 and, and the fact that, you know, we are in this very strange time period. We've never been in this kind of time period, obviously, in the history of, of my life and your life either. I mean, yeah. talk to me about the concept of the kingdom and where it came from for you. Um, it's a weird thing, isn't it, how things work out. I'm a really great, I, you know, I don't believe in anything, really, apart from being good to people. And, um, but I do believe in, um, it was, I just was so sick of like, I think the, the before pre COVID, the, the biggest thing I was noticing, and I I'd had a couple of bad situations, one that never seems to go away. And um, one that was around a year ago. Um, and people are so judgmental and self-righteous and it's like two of the worst qualities. Like I truly try not to judge people because my shit is not together, you know, like I get some things right, I get plenty wrong. So it's a real good lesson to try and stop that. And people are so self judgmental and they, they follow it with like being self righteous, like they've got everything right. And that just makes it such a sucky world. And uh, I literally just thought this idea when I was um, doing the, uh, the kingdom and I was like, you just soldier on through this trouble. Hey, people are soldier on. And I was like, what is the, this is the goal. What, what do we want? And this goal, things have come into my head, you know, like, a, and, and when I, the kingdom just came to me, I was like, that is it. That's where I'm headed. And I want to leave these people at my side in the dust and the dirt and get out of here. And so people that you're friends with and you're connected with, you know, we all find our own kin kingdoms to be connected with, you know, dinners, you know, you've got a great social life. Remember when we first met and I was so mad at you because I followed you on Instagram. And I was like, this guy's life, it's what the hell? And you did like <laughs> all the rock people in photography. And I was like, I wasn't even in it. And I was like, we're going to get oh you in the next God. one, my brother. I was like, fuck <laughs> that guy. His life is so fun. Look, and he's like surrounded by beautiful girls. He's always eating great. He's like, he looks real fit, but he's eating all this like terrible food that tastes great. I work then, out five like, times a day now. I have nothing else to do, you know? Then the best part was like, then I saw you the LA art show with her and I went up to you. I was like, dude, I had to unfollow you. I couldn't take it. You were like, <laughs> you were just bumming me out. <laughs> so I, I love it. It's my favorite story you tell amongst others, but I, I do. I know, I, I know. I just told that to everyone else. It's just a funny <laughs> one. It's a great one. So true. So the idea behind the kingdom was really creating your own environment, right? Where there yeah, was no Yeah, the whole thing, but, but, but for like-minded people, for everyone. I mean, I think a lot of people, the people that, that really support me and follow me and are always here and sending questions in and 
interact with me throughout, um, well, since I had Instagram and even Periscope, if you remember those days, yeah. uh, um, I believe that we all feel the same way. Even if there are times when we all get a little bit judgy, certain things of the day, we can't help it, you know, don't mean to, but it just happens. But I, I feel that, that uh, when you build a, a tribe of people, what's nice is that I'm not Billy Graham, and no one's signing up. I mean, I love when people buy a record and buy the ticket, buy a t-shirt, you know, I like sandwiches, you know? So, uh, but, but it's, not, it's, not, it's not asking for anything other than people's um, participation in a mindset. And then it just makes the world a better place. You know, I, I always have a dream that people at my show, that's why I get so big, people fight at my show. For over the years, you know, I see people literally have fights or get thrown out. It's so disappointing to me. I'm always like, everybody knows that that's not um, my, anyone who's heard any interviews I've done knows like I'm a, you know, I got a super dry sense of humor. Yeah, you're a peaceful like a good, guy. I'm a good, like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not into fighting people and <laughs> like life's hard enough, you know, and if I don't get along with someone, I just don't want to be around them. That's it. I'm not going to sort of stick around. Where I grew up, people would fight a lot. You know, I grew up in this place called Swiss Cottage in London. It was right next to Kilburn and West Hampton. Now they're a little heavy. I mean, Kilburn where I played soccer. He, at my youth club, they used to fight other youth clubs. Like literally go meet them to fight. I'd be at the back, like of 30 kids going, why, why are we here? I'm not mad at anyone. That's what, I, what am I doing? It's so stupid. I was the most, the least into that whole macho bullshit. The, there were kids that just, all they want to do is fight other kids because of where they lived. I just, I couldn't even get my head around it. And I was so much into soccer, I loved it, but I wasn't mad at the other teams. They would fight other teams, they'd fight people because they support another team and wearing it. Oh, you're wearing it, you like Chelsea. Not that I don't hate Chelsea, because I'm Arsenal, so I'm meant to hate Chelsea. <laughs> I don't actually really hate them. I don't want to fight someone about it. I don't want to go up to slap someone in a restaurant for wearing a Chelsea <laughs> shirt. But I grew up with people that would do that. They would do that. That's just like... Do you think that's more of a... You think that culture is also in London, you know, the pubs, the fighting, that's more of a cultural thing over there? Because, I mean, you don't see it that much in America, but I, I know <laughs> soccer is definitely like... It, it, you don't see it a lot in know. certain areas, but where yeah. I grew up, they did it a lot. They, you know, yeah, it was a bad... It's a, I don't think they do it anymore. But when I was a kid, it just was like, you know, you had to be real etiquette. You couldn't stare at people on the street. You, you know, walking past, you couldn't... If you locked eyes for too long, it, it's sort of a, it was really aggressive in the 70s in England. It felt like that. You know, you yeah. just had to mind your... You had to hold yourself well as you walk down the street, but you couldn't hold it arrogantly. So you have a little swagger, a little sway, so people will be like, all right, you know, okay. But you couldn't That's walk it. down Don't the street. Don't look at anyone. It's the equivalent of like, you know, in New York, you know, you're in New York, you know, standing on the corner looking at a map. You know, now people have their phones, but you know, that's what you don't do. You know, don't give signs that you do not belong. You know, <laughs> just act like you belong. So, now what I care about is belonging in the kingdom and all I care about, like, you know, with my kids, keeping them not aggressive and keeping them pretty cool and, and mellow. Are you getting to spend more time with the kids now, these days? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I split the time when I'm not on the road and when I'm on the road in America, then I split the time there. So the only time I don't see them flat out is on tour in Europe. And this year was Australia, then Europe. And then we, they were meeting me in London. So it would have been two months I would have been away from them, you know, oh together but I don't do more than three four weeks away from them um, but now they you know but so yeah I've spent a lot of time with them they did go away in the middle of um, COVID you know when it first began you remember when it first began in March it was like we didn't know if we were going to get it from a tree or a, you know <laughs> right. it was like 
it, anything. It was, just, it, it was just a bit worrying. So it was an offer for them to go and be with their mom in uh, Oklahoma. And they went there for, for uh, two or three months. And that was so weird because it was like, I'd speak to them all the time, but I was happy they were safe where they were and we couldn't really go out. So that was a, that was a strange time that time. It was, it was weird. Um, but I, I love being a father, but I'm not like, a, you know, I, I also think it's important for parents to live their life and to show them a good work ethic. Like I never saw, I grew up just with my dad. I never saw him. He was like working all the time. I grew up with a single father who was a workaholic. And, um, and it just taught me a lot. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I sort of grew up, I like would leave the house at eight in the morning, come back at 11 at night. You know, that was how I, that's what we did. At yeah. that point now our kids, they can't, you know what I mean? They better go down the street. I can't let them out of the house. So you can't let them out of your sight. I mean, you must be super protective of them now with everything going on. I'm sure they don't, they literally don't leave their circle. Oh, they're more scared of me. Like my, my oldest, he doesn't want to go anywhere. Yeah. He's like, he doesn't even, you know, we're away. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, doesn't want to go anywhere. Do you miss the human connections and the human interactions these days? Because I know, I mean, obviously you're, you're, you have that side of you that's a loner, but then obviously being a performer, you know, you're an extrovert in that sense. So do you miss human connections yeah. in that sense? Yeah, for sure. I miss, I miss going to restaurants and feeling confident about seeing everyone. I miss the, you know what I love? as uh, the element of chance, you know, by going out, you go somewhere fun and you run into people and you, you know what I mean? You weren't expecting it. I get that much more in London than I'd get it in LA. But still in LA, you can make it out to somewhere and, do you know what I mean, see people at Soho House or just run into people. I, and I miss that. I love that thing, running someone, they join you for a drink. Oh, man, you know, you say, do you have a drink at the bar afterwards? I love all that stuff. So I, I, I do miss that. You know, I miss the ability to say yes to something that I then turn down or don't show up to. <laughs> like hanging out with me. <laughs> oh, no, I know, I know, I'm terrible. <laughs> let's talk a little bit, I want to bring it back to the albums. It's such a great record, Gavin. I mean, let's talk a little bit about the Keanu Reeves connection there, John Wick, you know, Bull Holes. Like, how did you guys meet? How long have you known him? I actually photographed him, and I found him to be very much like his character on screen. I don't know if you feel that at all, but... He, uh, I worked with him, obviously, um, well, so funny when people say, obviously, as if people know that you're like. Um, I worked with him on Constantine, and um, I'd met him briefly before then, but he's, he's quite enigmatic. And he's, he's one of those people that's very, uh, very super private. When I, when I shot uh, um, Constantine with him, you know, I did spend a, a, a few weeks with him every day, uh, quite a few hours a day, obviously working. I, I wasn't bugging him and knocking on his trailer and like trying to become best buddies and forcing him to eat cupcakes with me. Um, but I did spend a lot of time with him and I just, I was really happy to run into him again um, with the John Wick uh, movie. And I just find him to be just an interesting, very, very kind, smart, private guy. How did it come about, the soundtrack? I mean, obviously you guys have a connection, but was it for, through the label? Was it something that you're It was through Tyler was doing the music for John, for John Wick. Okay, I cool. worked with Tyler on five songs and so he played it to Chad. Now Chad had when one filmed me and Keanu doing our fight scene um, for Constantine. So I knew Chad before he was a movie director when he was like a, the king of the stuntmen. And so, so that was obviously the kickoff of the record. And the record was sort of, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's probably the heaviest record you've ever made. Um, 
Are there any other tracks on the record that we can get into and just break down some of the stories behind it? Because I do love it. I, I, I keep... Well, I mean, I was going to tell you, yeah, Blood River, you know, uh, yeah, there's lots of them. Um, you know, Undone is the only mellow one on there. and Great song. That was really fun to do. Um, I love doing mellow songs. I'm, about, I'm doing something at the moment, actually, I'm recording tomorrow uh, that I'm really excited about with Mike Garson. Oh, great. Um, I was Bowie's guy, and I'm, I'm working on something tomorrow that I'm really excited about, that I will be working on after this, but it's, people will see it pretty soon. Um, is there a scoop that you can tell us about, or is it all like pretty much uh, under wraps? Uh, I don't, it's, 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 on, it's, it's a bit under wraps. Uh, you know, I had this idea of doing a... Yeah, yeah, you tell them. Um, I was, uh, and the beauty of doing the, the live uh, Zoom and I said, I'm doing something with my friend. It's like, you can come in, anyone can come in, don't care. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's all good. Come on it's in. All good. They know me. Like, I was over there. I've been over there. Yeah, yeah it's all good. They're all good. They're all good. They got voices. I yeah. tell them to just go out for a walk. It's so lazy. It's so weird. They don't want to do much. Yeah. Are um, you in your studio there, by the way? No, no, no. I'm not in my studio. I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, away. I took the kids away for a little bit. So I'm in. This is just a rental place. Okay, cool. I was going to ask you to break out the acoustic guitar. I wasn't sure if you had it there. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got weird, there's weird hats and weird, weird things. I mean, yeah. I, I see hats, but I see no acoustic guitar. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can't play the hat. So do you, yeah, uh, no. do you miss touring, Gav? Obviously, you, got, you were touring with Live right before this. Touring is such an integral part of your life. I know you were doing some incredible venues. I saw you at the Greek. Great show. Um, yeah, I, I miss it an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I've been really careful to not, in any way, people have died, people are suffering, people have lost their jobs, people are really hurting. So I haven't found it even in my heart to complain about not singing on stage for six months, for a year. I just gotta shut my mouth and just wait for the vaccine. Um, I just gotta stay mindful to be healthy. I see a lot of people without masks. I, as we've said before, I'm super diligent about mask wearing with the kids. You know, it's like wallet, phone, keys, mask, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so on, on the record, what are the songs? I mean, any, they all got little things about them, uh, little stories. And uh, yeah, anything you want to know. I've told a few stories before, so I don't know why. Well, I'd love to know what the next single is going to be. I, my vote is The Kingdom or Undone. Yeah, the next the song right now is The Kingdom. So the, the, sing, the Kingdom is actually the next single coming out. Yeah, it's like right. it just, it's just come out like last week. Well, when it came out with a record, and so we're waiting to shoot a video for that. So you but will do guy, a video for that? Yeah, but the guy right. that we do the videos, our videos with mainly Jesse, he, um, Jesse Davey, he wants to do a lot of extras, and there's no extras. Yeah. Nobody's working. You can't do that. So either. I don't quite say if it's a loner one. So we'll, we'll see. Basically, we've got to keep it sort of keep the record alive, and then every now and again, every few weeks, there'll be something. That's so one thing with Mike Garson, it's going to be really good. Um, and that's going to be, uh, yeah, so that's coming, and the video for the kingdom. And then we're looking into do some kind of like thing we did the live show that we did the other day. I want to do something, you know, in a church or somewhere very serene and maybe do an unplugged the more stripped down version of the record and take it like that yeah talk uh, to me about the live performance because it was incredible how did that come about Two hundred and fifty thousand people you said right which is incredible yeah. 
Um, definitely the best looking live performance I've seen, period, from all these. I mean, I haven't watched the BTS one. Yeah, we had a, well, we, we, you know, we got, our, you know, Rob, uh, who does our lighting, and we use Anthony V. V. Tran on uh, Instagram, V. Tran. Uh, he did the art work for it, art directed it. I got a friend of mine who's an artist, Cleon Peterson, so he's a fantastic artist, and he gave us the use of two of his images, and gave us some William Blake images. So we're just trying to make it interesting for people and using the three screens around the band and the floor and just uh, basically make an incredible, um, uh, it's like an incredible TV show, you know? Yeah, I mean, for the moment, I feel like that's really all we have to, to go off of. But um, we got a bunch of fan questions. A bunch of people actually have, funny, I know that you do, so, Saturday so night at 10 o'clock, you always do your, your uh, weekly live things. But uh, we got to- doing it, I'm sorry, I haven't done it last week. I didn't do it, to, to not do it tomorrow. And I just wrote them and said, on my story, I was like, give you the 10. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I've been away, I'm away with my boys and I feel bad. I've done it at the house with my boys, but somehow when I'm away here, we, I don't know if we've been around much, so. Well, I think I got about 100 requests for questions. So I'll pick just a handful of the best ones and then I'll let you back. And maybe I'm actually going to see you in person coming up. We right. threatened to do this. So we yes. actually need to, we yeah. need to do this. And you actually yeah. get to see my place now. So there you go. Um, so some of my favorite questions that were asked, just uh, do you have a favorite song on the album? Um, there's a song I didn't put on there that I'm kind of mad about called Beware False Prophets because I want to do a 12 song record, but I, I think we're going to bring out a deluxe version of the record. So there's this song called Beware False Prophets that I didn't put on the record because I don't know if there's one part, if I got it right, and sometimes for me a song is as good as the weakest bit, but it's on a, a deluxe track, it's going to come out. So I say Beware False Prophets, and I, it's, like, it's, going to, it's going to come out, and there'll be a version of it uh, on the record, you know, in a month or something like that. So I call for that song. Uh, awesome. That's my favorite song. That'll be, remember when we had B-sides and we had singles, that'll be like a B-side. Yeah, well, that'll be the extra track. So we, get, we are going to use it. Just what didn't, I thought having a 12-track record was just smart. Yeah. You know, it just, it gets a bit bloated otherwise, and I didn't want to do that. No question. Well, here's a great question for you, uh, and I think it's uh, apropos. Do you think you'll Run ever find love again? Um, I, I, of course, and I'm, 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 <laughs> literally always looking and I'm literally open and um, it's not like I don't have experienced um, plenty of love. Um, sometimes it's a bit complicated. I wonder if we're just spoiled a bit for choice and temptation and we don't know it's, it's jumping into that water and staying there and committing there. And I, but I've, you know, it's, it's not like, um, yeah, I've been very lucky, uh, in my life and, and recently been super lucky and I just I don't know I gotta just I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at on that front but uh, it's not in any way well as me but I uh, I just look forward to just sometimes you know you gotta be careful you don't walk away with a bar from, with, with three drinks and they all fall down right that's a, <laughs> that's a, <laughs> shit all I got is the tray and not that I was, I didn't have three uh, loves, but I'm just saying that it's a bit, it's a complicated thing, I don't know. And it's not helped by the fact that uh, we can't socialize and intermingle and just be normal. And if you know someone and hanging out with them and just being normal and introducing them to your friends and, you know, dating someone, bringing them over to your place, going to dinner and 
all those things seem to be so um, challenging. By the way, so now I don't you know. Right, right, I, I mean, I, my kids, my kids, they 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 ask me about it, and they deserve it. And I don't want to. I've been a bit. I had one girlfriend uh, for two years, uh, about I guess two years ago now. Was it two years ago? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, and uh, it took me a year before she met my kids. You know, I was really mindful of that because I didn't want it to be. I wanted to be like just meet one person and that's it. You know, it's a bit ridiculous. I need to just. I, I'm, I do want that uh, uh, to be in love, to that oneness with someone. And that's the good and the bad and the mundane and, the, you know, I, I, I embrace all that. Uh, I'm just, I guess I'm in right now, exactly as we speak, I'm in a sort of a slight limbo. I was like, just getting a bit of, I don't know, feng shui on my headspace and then just come back strong. By the way, dating in the era of COVID, I mean, it adds a whole nother layer of complexity to the things. Because it used to be you had to think about, you know, there's certain things, you, you know, you want to be safe. Right. And whatnot. now it's like you might die, right, if you, if you end up like connecting with the wrong person, which is not the greatest thought. So, you know, it, it really you have to be super careful. And obviously you want to stay within your friend group and you really can't go out and meet people organically because I have a friend that talks to people with masks on and I'm just like, what a strange way to really? go on. Because neither one of you know what each other looks like. I mean, what if you take it off and you don't like the way you're not attracted to each other? So what, what well, is the other strange? one doing fine? Is the, other one, is the other one is the, uh, you got to watch out with, um, you know, I think Instagram, like, you know, people meet each other through Instagram all the yeah. time. You know, that's yeah. how it works. And it's like a relaxed Tinder. But you, um, you got to be careful that you don't, sort of eulogize someone into being something. Cause you know, it used to be that thing where you'd meet <clears throat> uh, in person and you just, you space valley and you want to find out how someone is. Now, if you start texting someone a little bit of, you slide in someone's DMs and you're hanging out and you start to, you know, look forward to the DM. I would have been on tour and, you know, in my DM phases and like, you know, oh, did that person write back? Oh man, they didn't. And they didn't. They're like, you say something, but you're just talking to yourself. You're talking to yourself. You're just like, you're like, you talk to someone who's like, are you going to fill in the gaps where my paint runs out? You know, and then you say something, they say something back. You're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. You filled in the gap between my elbow and my forearm. I think you could be the one for me. Oh my God, look, you filled in all the spaces between my toes with that last comment. You totally get me. And it's like, it's kind of bullshit because then you meet them and it's so awkward because you're like, hey, we were so, I thought we were so much further along when we were texting. <laughs> so it's fucked up and the, really, there's zero connection than when you meet in person right and, and i mean not, not, so it's uh, near so but it's it's like you know i i i have i've totally um dated and met from from someone you know you connect with on instagram it's it's so hilariously um uh common you know what i mean yeah. anyone say it's like it's like it's like the porn, you know, like porn for this is what eight billion dollars a year, but apparently no one watches it. <laughs> right. No one watches I'm it. Definitely not. Never watching heard it. of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> so I guess that's sort of like our next question, which you sort of already touched base on. Do you What's enjoy single life, or do you prefer to be in a relationship? I prefer a relationship. I okay. do. I thought I liked being single, and I've, it's just. It's just no good. Too many great things are happening, and I like to share it. It's not like I haven't dated and felt really close. Uh, you know what I mean? It's not like I've been single um, a lot, but I am single. I'm not. You know, there's no one that I um, 
at this moment in this day. It's not, it's not, it's not like someone isn't on my mind. It's not, it's not like my brain is devoid of the emotion I have for uh, someone. But, um, but I would, I, if I had to tick a box, it'd be single. I mean, like it's, it's yeah. you know, I would be a, I'd be a terrible boyfriend if somebody actually thought that I was their boyfriend today. <laughs> that would not be it. I would not be doing my job. And I want to be, you know, Tom Waits said, you, you know, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. So, no, I want to do that. And, I, and to be honest, this was this time now was really about not finding myself. I'm not a fucking hippie, but just just taking a minute and then coming at it strong and just making, you know, being mindful and just see what happened. Although, you know, those things happen, you can't help it. But it's a lot harder when you're not socializing or mixing with people. <laughs> How do you, what do you do? What do you, you know do what I mean? Exactly. So, well, the one thing I was going to say, and, and, you know, I think you probably agree with me, is that there's a lot of awful things that have come out of this time period. But I think the one, I'm trying to look at the silver lining and everything, you know, I mean, the, the fact that we all had to slow down a little bit, Gav, and find ourselves and maybe prioritize and just put things into perspective, I guess maybe, you know, the universe wanted us to slow down a little bit. We've all, been, I mean, you've been going 200 miles per hour, I mean, I, actually, for me, I have anxiety now when I wake up in the morning because I'm used to having 10 meetings a day. Now I have three that I have to force into happening because they're not, you know, organic. I'll the funniest thing, what was really weird was um, when we did that, uh, the week of, of shows leading up to the, the show you're talking about, because we did a bunch of other things for like MTV Europe um, and um, Kerrang, which is a big rock yep. uh, magazine sure. in England, and um, a few different other platforms, whatever. So I spent the whole week... So I had like the schedule for the week and it was like, I was like, it was like insulted. I got, what time have I got to be there? Every day, five days, really? Like they couldn't help it. Like it was my lazy fuck self was like every day that time. Oh man. I mean, I loved it. It was real good fun, but I, I also knew it'd be a bit, it's a bit tense when you're rehearsing, but no one's giving you space to rehearse because everyone's shooting you. And right. so yeah, that creates a bit of tension for the band, uh, you know, you want to be like, that's not the right bit or something like that, but everyone's like filming you and you just, you can't quite be as free. Like, it's an A, it's not an F. You know, you can't like really it. rehearse with cameras on you 24 yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back to the music, my last few questions for you, uh, which I think some of these are great questions here. Uh, with the new record, it's really heavy. Would you guys include some institute in the set? Oh yeah. I would love to. I, w I would love to. It's my dream. And I don't, I don't actually have regrets. Even the worst things that have happened to me that I thought I was regretful about. Um, I realize it's a total waste of time. I was talking to my friend, you know, the only regrets we should have now in our life are the things that we don't do. It's the only things, you know, I never at the expense of other people. I'm not talking about being a jerk. I'm just talking about pushing yourself. And uh, it's funny because without Institute, um, you know, it just it got me away a little bit from Bush, and then I was with Chris, and then uh, and then when band didn't want to do go back to being Bush, I did the solo record. So weird thing that doing Institute just freed me up. But that's when I was that's you know, there's my love of like all drop C sharp music and everything was really so heavy, and I loved it. No, I did two months of touring, but we just played clubs. Um, and then Jimmy Iovine was like, now you've got to do a solo record, you know? I was like, I spent three years on the record. Then I did two months of touring. 
the first single did okay, Bulletproof Skin, so I think is a really good track. Yeah. And then they didn't want to release the second song and said, now you've got to make a solo record. And then I did, then they, they took a ballad on the solo record and made Love Rains the same. I'm like, I'm, what am I, fucking Richard Marks? <laughs> you you're killing me here. Let Was me make the this Marty ballad. in collaboration? Yeah, yeah, he, we, yeah, that's true. We, uh, I had a song and took it to him and we did the chorus in like seven minutes. And he was really helpful because he basically took my chords, used the same chords, but just did a nice sort of hummed a nice line. Yeah. And I just knew what to do. It was a beautiful collaboration. He was, he's really talented. Do you remember and, my uh, connection just, with him? No. I was his drummer. Ah, well, he's a really good drummer. He's a great drummer. He's a yeah. great drummer. Like, yeah. I think that's one of his best qualities. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a great guy. And uh, I don't, what's so stupid is that we literally worked for 20 minutes together on yeah. that song. Then he did, the, we did the music together for another song that I can't, you know, one of, another song we did together. But then we never worked again. And, you know, I know that was a pretty big song for him. It was Big song for me is number one for 10 weeks. It's so stupid. It's like, <laughs> why didn't we work together again? But um, I know he didn't want to work with my, I, I have a partner with my catalog and with my publishing, Roundhill, Josh, uh, really great guy, Josh. And Josh, and Marty works for Josh. Right, right, that's true, yeah. So yeah, my, my final question from someone else actually, what advice would you give to young musicians trying to make a career in music these days? Um, I think that whatever you do in your life, it has to be full pedal to the metal, flight, flat out. So if you decide to be a musician or to be a singer or to whoever you decide to do, it doesn't really matter. It's applying yourself to it. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours. And I just think that you just cannot have any compromise. There's no room for compromise because there's too many people trying to do what you're doing, whatever it is you do. So no compromise, no respite, and no wavering of what you should be doing and changing course and changing tack. And now I want to do this, now I want to do that. You know, for me, the truth is, I've been trying to write a great rock song since I was like, you know, 17, 18. You know, it didn't, didn't, it didn't happen for me, but I never faltered from that thing. And even when I've done stupid tracks with bleeps and programming to sort of show that I love Massive Attack or some bullshit. It's never gotten away from that core value of writing a great a rock song because I have a rock voice and I play with guitars and I never changed. And uh, that's been probably one of my biggest secrets to sustaining it is that I've just tried to master, it's very, very Zen like Japanese, you know, some guys, you know, they just make noodles. You just make handful right. noodles, but then they become the greatest handful noodle guy that there is. Yeah. And that's what I love about Japan. You know, you can go somewhere and all they do is, you know, they, all they do is blowfish. I mean, I've never eaten actually blowfish, but as, as an example, <laughs> my example. Uh, you know, all they do is, is cut that fish. And I think there's something so honorable about doing one thing really well, because it does take a lifetime to master something. And uh, if you look at the greats, great people in music, for example, they don't really waver. Like Tom Waits hasn't written anything other than a Tom Waits song ever since he wrote his first Tom Waits song. Yeah. You know, Neil Young, it's always Neil Young, right? Sometimes it's with Crazy Horse, it's more bluesy and uh, straight ahead, but his voice and the chords he uses, it's one thing. 
And uh, the only band that I could ever think of that mastered the ability to chop and change is Queen. Mm. They go from pop to funk to rock to yeah. opera. They're bizarre in their ability to take on any different genre and still have made it with Freddie's genius voice. Um, the greatest. The, the, the thing, but you know, if you think about it, anyone, Hendrix, Pink Floyd, all the greatest people you can think of that led the way in music for us, it's, it's one aesthetic. Yeah, I think Radiohead's done a good job of sort of changing genres a little bit, and they used. Yeah, to well, they, they obviously they did they did that whole thing of um, being a, a regular rock band and Creep, which I think they hate to play, but yeah. two hundred and fifty million people playing it can't be wrong. It's a fucking amazing song. Amazing. They, I don't get, I don't it, disowning what your best work is like. It's so weird. It's like having the best, uh, you know having the most beautiful crystal blue eyes and saying, I don't, don't look at my eyes, I'm gonna wear glasses forever. It's like, but your eyes are great. What are you talking about? I don't like my eyes. Just look at my shoulders. They're much more interesting. Okay. So, and then they did go, you know, electronic and he's more got into like, uh, you know, Aphex Twin. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, you know, beautiful. What a great voice. But it's, I, I would love it if he came back. I mean, he's obviously can do whatever the fuck he likes, but I do miss, I didn't, you know, Karma Police. It's just like the greatest albums ever. It's pretty as good as it gets. Okay, get Peter. I don't know why he doesn't like fancy writing it on, on chords and just. By the way, I, I, I feel the same. I wish they would write another rock record. I mean, I, honestly, one of my favorite groups of all time. Those first couple records, some of the best albums ever, ever. Yeah, I, you know, they're a beautiful, beautiful band. Yeah. Well, The Kingdom is an incredible album. You've obviously accomplished what you set out to accomplish. It's an amazing record. I'm proud to call you my friend. Go pick up record. The Kingdom's a new single. I love it. This is great. You know, we have to do it in person because I feel like this is great, but it, it, there's nothing like seeing your friends in person. Wear a mask. I'll stand yes. like 20 feet away from you, like on the other side of the beach or something. No, I think that when you, when you connect with people that are friends, everyone's following the same thing. Like I actually, you know, everyone's going through the same dilemma is how much we should hang out, what should we do, but I'm all about it. So I'd love to see you. I know we're talking about it, so we'll make that happen. We will for sure. Well, it's a pleasure, brother. Follow Gavin, follow Bush, and pick up the kingdom. Thank you. All right, brother. See you soon. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Well, that was great. Always a pleasure. I never have done that before. So the live Instagram, the Zoom, going off at the same time, apparently there's some issues with echoing, but you do what you can in this time. We're all adjusting. We're all pivoting. And hey, if you can't uh, understand the fact that we're all trying to figure out during this time, I don't know what to say, but it was a great time. Always a pleasure. Always a fun hang. What a great record. Great guy. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, if you like the show, as I always tell you, please rate and review the show. You want to give it five stars. You want to tell the world. Amazing. I love that. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Got a couple great interviews coming out on the podcast this week for you. And I shall see you soon. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.